Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to get a couple of pieces of business out of the way. Number one, I sell books. You can find my books at dadstartingover.com slash books. The books include my bestseller, The Dead Bedroom Fix. My second book is called Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity, Breakup, and Divorce. And my third and final book is called Red Flags. You can buy these all directly from my website and download directly from my website, or you can go to any of the major retailers. Second piece of business is that I have a members-only part of my website called the DSO Fraternity. With the DSO Fraternity, you have access to all of my books in PDF and audio format. You also get access to members-only articles and audio, and you are free to discuss those articles with fellow members on the website. And we also have DSO Fraternity live meetings via Zoom. In these live meetings, you are free to share your story and listen to advice from others. And on occasion, we will have a special guest, such as author Dr. Robert Glover of No More Mr. Nice Guy. So please check out the DSO Fraternity at dadstartingover.com join. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. So, Austin... Tell me a little bit about yourself, ages, you, yourself, and your wife, kids, all that good stuff. Sure. So I am 32, uh, fairly recently. My wife is 33, um, so there's about a year and a half difference between us. Um, for a short amount of time, I guess she's two years older than me. Um, we have one child, um, and actually, that I guess that kind of factors into the equation a little bit. Um, we have not had an easy time having our one child. Um, so he was kind of our, our little miracle. We've been married for just over 10 years. Um, my background, um, I'm from South Carolina. I went to University of South Carolina, um, then went into the Marine Corps after ROTC, um, spent four and a half years in the Marine Corps living in Japan, Virginia, and a few other places, uh, California, and then um, got out of the Marine Corps from Japan um, and then en route to Texas, where I went into the private sector. Um, so that background is, it's imp- I feel like it's important to the, the I guess, the context of mm-hmm. everything, because I've always, <clears throat> while I have had a lot of issues with some things like um, public speaking, 
I, I had terrible issues public speaking. Marine Corps beat the shit out of that, um, out of me. Mm-hmm. But um, then I into software consulting with a software company as a, uh, I guess now a solution architect. And I spend my life uh, leading corporate um, corporate meetings. So it, it just makes it that much stranger that I would have always been like an alpha go getter outside of the home. Mm-hmm. But then um, at home, just I'll say I'll say lazy and complacent. In the best world. Well, you are not alone in that. I mean, it's one of the most common cultural memes is that a man is one way with friends and work. And then as soon as he walks in the door or he's in the presence of a woman, he just folds. Um, a lot of guys turn into, you know, slobbering mush bags when they're around their woman and, and guys, you know, f- for ages have made fun of other men for being what we call pussy whipped for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, um, right. which is just yeah, look at him, look how he cowers and look how his demeanor completely changes around a woman. So, I mean, you're by no means alone in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. So when is it? Well, let me back up a little further than that. Your relationship, did you have much experience with women prior to your wife? Yes. I, so uh, I never had a, a long, long-term girlfriend in college, mm. um, but I did consistently date and, you know, meet women. And, you know, I, I just, I, I took kind of the bachelor approach to college. Um, and this is probably going to be one of the, the more uh, juicy points of the call. <laughs> Joking, of course. Um, <laughs> when, when I met my wife, I had just graduated college and commission in the Marine Corps. Um, I met her uh, January, I want to say 26th or so of 2010. And we were married May 21st. Of oh my goodness. What was the rush? Um, we, we knew it was right. But at the same time, um, I was leaving mm. to, to Quantico. So um, that's, that's pretty common in the military world, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Very, very uh, I'm, much so. I'm shipping out. I don't want to lose you. Let's get hitched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of babies are uh, made then too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As a, legal, as a legal officer in my uh, squadron in Japan, I, I swear probably a third of what I did was um, paperwork for Marines going through divorce. It's very common. Uh, they, want, they want to get out of the barracks. They want to uh, pick up a local and get married, get out of, get off the base. I see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, well, how about her? What was her relationship experience prior to meeting you? She had, she had relationships, um, boyfriends on and off. Um, I don't think she ever had anything long-term over a year, uh, maybe one, but other than that, they were, they were mostly local um, people that are probably still there now. But then again, it's not like I'm from some, uh, big town or, or city or anything. And she's from a small town. I'm from a pretty small town myself. So most people I grew up with are still there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you meet, fall head over heels, you get hitched, you, mm-hmm. you head out and you leave her behind. Um, was this military lifestyle one that she completely um, just took on? Did she fight it every step of the way? What was her demeanor she was all about it. She loved it. And in fact, I was one of those rare ones that never deployed uh, to a combat zone. Uh, actually, I guess when I went in 2010, I guess it wasn't super rare for uh, post 2010 to not go, especially if you're in the Asian theater where you're, you're focused more on North Korea missiles than you are 
the other way. But so we actually, um, I went to Japan without her for probably two months and then she arrived. So we were there together. Okay. Not, not so bad. Yeah. Not, not bad at all. And so she looked at all of your little trips and everywhere else as adventures and it was something new, something exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, we've been, you know, we've lived all over and now of course um, the past almost seven years working with my company um, I've, I travel all the time and she's come with me maybe once or twice, um, but never really came often. Mm -hmm. And tell me again, um, I don't have the timeline down here. When did baby come into the picture? Baby came into the picture, uh, 2017 July. Yeah. So you had been um, together for how long at that point? Six years. Okay. When... We conceived seven mm. years when she gave birth. Okay. And you had mentioned before it was a rough pregnancy at mm. a rough time. The pregnancy was magnificent. She was awesome. It was but, getting um, to that point. It was, yeah, we try, we, we've essentially been trying for 10, 10 plus years. Oh my goodness. Um, Did nearing you 10 and a half IVF route or? Um, we never went the IVF route. We had actually, we were um, 2016 when we got pregnant, we were looking into, um, adoption we had oh. signed up with a couple agencies and then we found out that we were pregnant and it was just uh some it was it was pretty out there because we it was not expected wow well that's a good thing but then yeah. the reason you and i are talking is because <laughs> for, for the listeners is that um you read my book the dead bedroom fix um which we'll get to as, as far as why but then you joined up with the uh, fraternity the online groups and you've been one of the more vocal guys on the group about your journey from A to Z. And it's been really interesting to watch you as you've grown and changed and reflected and you're very introspective. Um, you're very well, very well read. Your words come out. You're, you're obviously highly intellectual. So I said, this is the guy I really need to talk to so he can share his story. So this is something I think a lot of guys can relate to. You are the archetype for the success story of the guys I've talked to. Well, thank you. Um, it is, you're welcome. It is intelligent, good man, just want to do the right thing. I'm going to kind of analyze this and figure out what's going on, implement some strategies, adjust as I can, and voila, it worked for you. Uh, now, it's not that easy for every guy, so I think there's something to, to learn from your story. So let's start at the beginning. When do you feel in the relationship the wheel started falling off a little bit? Was it post-kid? No, no, actually... Um... And, you know, not to skip ahead, but it's definitely based upon all of the, the mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was it was definitely me doing the wrong things over time, a gradual um, maybe buildup of resentment for for um, intimacy with, with the wife. Um, I, w- I would say um, probably after the honeymoon phase, things slowed down. Now, um, stupid things like pressuring into sex after that, um, which obviously is, um, you, you know, having the talk, mm. um, trying to work us towards being more intimate, but doing it all the wrong ways, just continuously slipping backwards. And then even getting into um, what I kind of call measuring, 
you know, where you, maybe you've been married for four years and you notice, well, now we only have sex every three days. Mm-hmm. We used to have sex every other day. Mm-hmm. Then it gets to be every four days, every five days. Then it gets to be the point where it's, you know, <clears throat> between traveling um, Monday through Thursday, we're really only doing once a week on Saturday or something like that. And I know, I know other guys struggle with that, um, that one week issue and, and, and not figuring out the, um, the midweek or the business week when things are a little bit more stressful. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really where it, it, it gradually slipped. And that's what pushed me in this direction. Uh, not that, not that I Google searched the book and it popped up, but I was looking for answers. I was yeah. finding <clears throat> like most, uh, I'd say most, but maybe um, like a lot of guys, <clears throat> excuse me. I was um, blaming her. I thought she was the problem. Mm-hmm. She wasn't trying and I was doing everything I'd think of. Um, but I was supposedly alone on that, which of course was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I was finding articles and sending them to her as, as recently. I remember uh, when I was in um, Texas at a company event and uh, company meeting, and I had found, I guess, um, a psychologist had written something for the circumstance. <clears throat> Excuse me, still trying to get some out throat. Um, but had written one helpful article for the man and one for the female, or, or actually the one for the more active and the one for the less sexually mm-hmm. active. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, bulletized, this is something you should do of maybe 10 things or 11 things or something like that. And she never really read it, but she read, she read the one that was for me. Oh, the one that was telling me what I should do. Mm-hmm. She read that one. But when I sent her the one that was for her, mm-hmm. she never read it. And it drove me, it drove, it drove me insane that she would not read these things. She didn't care. She didn't want to. So when I came across the book and I hope I'm not skipping ahead. No, please go ahead. When, when I read the book, because I came across it, um, early March, I think the fifth, sixth, something like that. Um, it popped up in my newsfeed, uh, on Facebook as an ad. <clears throat> and, um, it seemed like something, cause I, I'm really into audiobooks. Uh, I love reading uh, nonfiction and I say reading, but it's actually listening. I'm much, very much an audio person. And, um, I was like, well, you know what, if it, if it's not good, it, it seems like it's addressing exactly what I want to hear, uh, what I want to learn. And worst case scenario, I've, I've wasted the money on it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, under 20 or under 15 or, or whatever it is. I don't remember at this point. Um, but it's, it's a very small investment risk reward situation. So let's read it. And the revelation when I listened to that audio, I, I finished it in whatever the um, total elapsed time of the audiobook is how quickly I finished it and uh, just went to work immediately. And I'll never forget uh, your and my conversation after a few days because it had completely shaken up everything that I had thought I knew that, you know, everything I was doing to sabotage our situation over time just 
it was, it was like, I found out the world had been lying to me all this time. And I'll never forget our conversation because I had started doing better. I'll call it better. I'll not say all the right things because it was not an overnight transformation. Uh, But I started doing better. And I, I asked you, how long should I expect this to take to see (laughs) actual results? And, And you asked me how long I had been trying. I think I said a week. It might've only been five days. And you just said back, dude, (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget it, but uh, you were completely right. Um, It was, it was uh, gradual. It was very gradual change. And and one thing I want everyone listening to this to understand is um, I I see maybe new members or or, um, people who are sharing their first experience into the group, kind of talking about it from the perspective as if they're working on their relationship and their wife and they're trying to get and measure progress with their wife. And in a retrospect, um, however many months, I guess maybe eight, whatever early March is to today, late October, um, the retrospect perspective um, is that I was never working on our relationship the whole time. I was working on me and improving myself. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of trying to push my wife in a direction, I went the direction and dragged her and our entire house with us. And we've just become, we're the happiest we've ever been. Now I'm really skipping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the relationship, it, it, it starts becoming less and less and less about sex over time you, you start it because you're frustrated with sex mm-hmm. but you don't realize what is really the root core problem uh, within your relationship and when things start changing everything gets better in fact it, it, it affects your work it affects your relationships with other people it, it changes who you are because if you came from a, a situation like mine where I had kind of, I was, I was naturally younger uh, in, in high school, a timid person, and even in a college, a timid, uh, more restrained person, but through my career paths with Marine Corps and into consulting, had learned or adapted to an aggressive alpha nature in the business or in, um, in the military world, I had never applied that to the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. learning how, um, you know, between the more uh, direct uh, targeted topic of your book to the more general, no more Mr. Nice Guy um, book, mm-hmm. it really resonated that this is, this is, this has to become who you are. You have to <clears throat> learn things like, I, I can't just be lazy. I, I can't be lazy at home and active at work. I can't be lazy with my fitness, but eat well. Yeah. Um, and when you when you figure out that you really have to apply yourself in in all facets all facets of your life, it really changes who you are everywhere, and and kind of applies for me applies that Marine Corps uh, aggression and leadership and just everything about it uh, the the full ethos. It applies it to your entire life, your marriage, and and you become who you should have been from the beginning. Amen. Very well said. Thank you so much for that. So 
uh, I remember from your reading your posts and so forth and being in the meetings that Dr. Robert Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, really resonated with you rather. And you're talking about how you were very timid in high school and timid through college. Where do you think that kind of passivity, the shyness, the timidness, timidness, is that a word? Where does that come from? I think so. Um, that, I'm glad you asked that because my wife and I have discussed this. Um, she listened to parts of nowhere, Mr. Nice Guy with me actually recently or not recently, but, um, shortly after I read it the first time, um, cause there was a chapter on raising, uh, your child, your, your son to not be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So she heard a lot of the, uh, how people become nice guys and how being a nice guy is not, um, it's not nice <laughs> to, <laughs> to put it that way. And, you know, we, we kind of, well, I, I won't say we, cause she hasn't been in t- inside of this entire conversation or thought process, but um, my father, while he, I have a wonderful father, very involved when he could be, he worked Monday through Friday, long hours, early morning. Um, and my mother would either not work when I was very young or work to uh, in jobs where she was actually um, home when school was out. Like she's, she actually taught, even though she she's actually in healthcare. She's a nurse. Um, she, she taught like health occupations and things like that. So she would be with us um, when we're not in school. And of course, like uh, Dr. Glover talks about, you have primarily, I think he, he said 80% of teachers are, are, are women. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do have rec- recollection of when I was young, um, it being rare to be alone with my father, not, not in a way like I've, I've never been alone with him, but it would stand out to me yeah. when it was just me and my father or me, my brother, and my father, like my mother wasn't there yeah. because she was wherever. And I just remember that not maybe, maybe feeling more cold of a situation because I was always around a, a giving, um, what is practical female psychology called the altruistic, um, giving personality of the mother. Mm. When I was around, a, a just a father, it seemed more cold to me. Yeah. So looking back, I think is just because I had more influence from women growing up. There you go. And that's something I hear again and again and again, a lot of single moms (laughs) and a lot of guys become, you know, what I would call overly empathetic, overly sensitive. Um, a lot of walking on eggshells. Like I don't want to upset this person. Um, a lot of the time when the father figure is absent, whether it's due to legitimate, you know, he just works all the time. He's traveling, he's in the military and the, the son is left with mom. A lot of the times the mom will depend on the son. Usually the oldest son is kind of a, a crutch or a surrogate spouse in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, telling her, telling him about her day, what's going on, what's stressing her, sharing her feelings. And worst case, actually very bluntly, bad mouthing dad. Um, I've heard that again and again. Don't be like your father. Oh, rolling the eyes, your father. Listen to what he did again. <laughs> and there's the son just sitting smiling and listening. And then he quickly learns that subconsciously or consciously, this is what a relationship with a woman is like. 
I have to be her, um, as Dr. Glover puts it, her emotional tampon (laughs) and just absorb, (laughs) absorb, and not a very mentally healthy thing for men, as you've learned. And what I find is interesting in your story is when you're pinpointing the moments in your life where you you really hit the ground running and everything was really clicking and for lack of a better term, a more alpha male kind of personality, um, the military where, which is a very, for a lot of men, as you know, um, a lot of young men that come from backgrounds where there's no father figure, um, things like, um, street gangs, the military sports teams, very hyper masculine environments are very attractive to them. Mm -hmm. And it gives them that paternal figure that they didn't really have before what was kind of lacking. And they blossom in those settings. And I think that's what you saw too in the military. Like, whoa, look at me, Mr. Manly military man, getting things done. And when you're at work, same kind of thing. And then when you go home, <laughs> totally different story. Right. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> um, that, that, I mean, I'd, I'd say it's a great thing if you are a naturally uh, timid person. Um, there's only so many... There's only so many times you can stand up in front of NCOs when you're a lieutenant and have a very hard time public speaking. You know, your mm-hmm. throat closing off, sweating, turning red. You can only do that so many times before, you know, you, you literally grab your nutsack and pull it up. So mm-hmm. um, that that forces you to to fix yourself. As, as, as I can hear Jack London saying right now, unfuck yourself. Yes. It, it's the, um, it's, to use a, the metaphor, it's like your dad grabbing the kid by the, by the shorts and throwing him in the deep end of the pool and say, swim. Mm-hmm. And yep. mom's on the sideline screaming, what are you doing? And he's holding mom back saying, shush, just watch. She'll be fine. And then the boy <laughs> starts swimming and go, see, huh? And the boy's like, yeah, let's do it again, daddy. <laughs> yep. And the dad turns to the mom and smiles and say, see, just leave us boys alone. We, we don't need the female influence in times like these. This is when the men step up and say, you know, wipe your tears, just jump in for God's sakes. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, that's quintessential military right there. Grab your nuts, shut the hell up. We don't care. Just do what you're told. Um, get accomplish the mission. We can't, uh, we can't have a guy who is um, succumbing to his emotions and, and choking at the wrong moment. That's what gets people killed. Right. Get that hammered into your head again and again, and eventually it goes away. So when did you, do do you, you talked about it being a gradual process. Yeah. What do we want? Very much. D, 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 what do we call it? The de-alphification of Austin. (laughs) So (laughs) it was, uh, what, what impact did having the child have on you? Did that really kind of send things over the edge? No. No, it didn't. It didn't send things over the edge. I don't think it really had that much of an impact. In fact, I've thought back. Um, I, I would say before dead, dead, dead bedroom fix. Um, I even thought back to, man, how did we not have so much more sex prior to the child coming? Mm-hmm. Like now we have to work it in almost like a schedule to make sure it gets done. Yeah. Um, you know. But, you know, even before the, the child, we, we just, um, it's not something, if you're, if you're making all the mistakes, and again, for everybody, I'm putting this on myself, because um, I guess just by the virtue of the fact that I was able to fix it by working on myself, 
So clearly I was making the mistakes um, in the situation. Maybe not all of them, but enough to where I had the ability to fix it or not fix it. Um, so really the, I almost lost my track on that one. So really the, the, the child, um, my son just kind of created another layer of complexity to it. Yeah. And, and potentially even a new level of opportunity. There you go. I was just going to say another opportunity to show your worth Absolutely. as a man, the ability to handle stress, the ability to soothe and others and play the leader part. That's a right. huge thing. But a, a lot of guys, that's the, op, uh, you know, obviously the absolute uh, positive way to look at it. Here's an opportunity for me to shine. But man, I tell you a lot of guys, the reason I ask is as soon as that kid comes out, if they were soft before, oh boy, they get really soft <laughs> mm-hmm. and they turn on the, uh, the nice guy dad role big time. That yeah, was, yeah. that was me. That's so I can you, speak from You experience. mentioned something really important there too. Um, I, one thing I did experience and, and um, this is, you know, we'll go ahead and assume maybe that was my fault too. <laughs> um, when, when your wife, especially if they're taking care of the child full time and you're working, uh, that's, that's my experience the past three years. Your, your wife has a new level of importance, not just for the child, but also for her. And it's natural. Um, but if you have an inability to stand up and take charge at home, she will use the child as a club mm-hmm. of, you know, we have to do this this way because this child, um, you know, we, we have to go home early. We have to get to this place at this time because nap, because food, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you don't have a strong backbone when, or a, a strong leadership ability, when that happens, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's when it, it becomes very difficult to take it back. It's uh, it's one of those, you know, I talk about in the book, the shit test. That's not necessarily a shit test, but it is a test of your ability as a leader, as a man of what are you going to do here? Here's a little crossword. Are you going to say, yes, let's run home to the baby. We've only been out together for an hour into our date night, but I can see you're stressed and I want to alleviate your stress, Mrs. Wife. Yes, let's run home to baby. Even though the baby's fine, baby was babies with grandma, you can stay out for another eight hours and you guys are cool what do you do? Um, a lot of guys take the path of let's just stop this. I feel anxious because my wife's anxious, number one. So I, I want to alleviate that and stop that right now. I see she's suffering. I'm Mr. Nice guy. Let's, let's alleviate her suffering. Uh, she'll feel better. I'll feel better. Yes. The romance is gone, but we got other days we can have a date night. No big deal. Let's just run home. And you do that several times in a row that's just one very potent ingredient as part of the dead bedroom stew is that you lose that connection as a romantic couple. You're just parents primarily, Mm -hmm. Um, which sounds honorable on the surface, but sex wise, romance wise, intimacy wise, it's a killer big time. And Um, then the nice guy takes it to the next level of if I just be a better dad and show off that I'm a better dad and be seen as a better dad. That of course will get her going. Right. And for a guy that's, starts to go down that dead bedroom path, everything becomes painted with the brush of, well, if I do this, then she will be more intimate with me. Um, She will see that I'm good and that I'm a great guy. I'm a great dad and a great husband. And then I will be rewarded, which is just the worst mindset to have. 
Um, the, another way of looking at this, I, I did a uh, podcast interview with another podcast called The Divorced Dadvocate. And he, he had a really good take on it. And he says, some people are kind of bothered, which I think is not great, but it's kind of bothered to hear the term leader, being a leader within the relationship. You know, we're, we live in a very egalitarian society where that's kind of frowned upon, like where one is considered to be, quote, above the other. So yeah, he, quality, he, yeah. he put it in a different way, which is you're a good steward of the relationship. And I like that, which is one of us has got to say, no, the relationship requires X, Y, Z, and we're going to get it done, damn it. Mm. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be willing to play the bad guy, but relationship comes first. The kid's not dying. The kid's fine. The kid can stay with grandma all night long. We already got a hotel. Darn it, woman, let's have some fun. Let's do this. And she may kick and scream for a while, but in the end, invariably, the women say, I'm glad we did that. We needed that time off. Um, so good steward of the relationship. Absolutely. So well, we're kind of jumping ahead here. I want to kind of walk through the, the sequ- sequential things here of... I guess let's look at it this way. Can you identify maybe two or three things that were your aha turning points that you identified and you go, I need to work on this. And once you'd kind of flip that switch, you saw some results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, good thing we have a whole podcast here, right? <laughs> um, in, in fact, when, when, you know, before we joined, I, I pulled up um, my posts like filter within the group and just kind of look back through some of them and everything. I remember pretty well, but I, um, it was, is a good refresher to kind of look back to it and look at your own timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially I'd say the first month, the, the aha moment or the big turning point was the leadership and, and just, just taking, taking charge back. Um, who knows, who knows when I lost it, but, um, understanding that I'm not being a jackass by trying to lead our home. Um, I'm the big one is I, I don't have to argue. That was a huge one. And just learning how it's, it's not two people equality and, you know, doesn't matter that I'm the husband, she's the female. It matters that we're, you know, we're both happy. We're both, you know, she pushes, I pull. It's learning that that is not correct or not right. And, and learning that you, um, you don't have to reciprocate things. You can let her be pissed off. Mm-hmm. You can say, well, that's, great that you don't want to do that but i'm driving the car and i'm going to that place you can jump out if you want to mm-hmm. and just knowing she's not gonna leave because you said that i mean so, some people myself included um would just walk around on eggshells mm-hmm. with their wife um and just the the shedding of the weight the first month of just like well, that's cool and all you do you see you later is just not something I had ever done before, especially with a child. And to take that a step further, you say, well, she's not going to leave just because you put your foot down or you say, I'm going to do this to take that a step further. If she does leave, well then, oh my gosh, you got a problem. <laughs> the, the, the wife's got an issue and maybe you need to rethink this relationship. Anyway, that's a pretty giant red flag. If you put down a boundary or something and the other person says, okay, enough of the relationship. 
you got being a bigger fish to fry something's going on there i feel like i feel like you're bringing up my mistakes on purpose because you made me just remember that, uh one of the worst things that i did was was um you know not that i mean that now i want to leave or that i want to you know not saying that but i used to say well we have a child we've been married this long i'm not gonna be single again you're just kind of in for the long haul good luck um you know that kind of mentality almost joking but at the same time you know that's not sexy <laughs> so you were basically telling her hey sister you're stuck with me yeah absolutely okay probably telling myself that too but 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 then again you know i'm i'm 10 times further away from that idea of of leaving or or you know mm -hmm. questioning our longevity to put it that way um than than i ever was back then not going anywhere because everything's great doing it right um but you know i will absolutely jokingly say um, you know, well, you know, we'll see how it goes this week. I might stick around and she'll laugh and I'll laugh and that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. not, not being an asshole and advertising, Hey, I could leave if I want to, because what does that solve? And why would you do that? Yeah. Now I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but something I've noticed from your posts leading into the, the important part of the conversation is your physicality. Mm. Um, you were very upfront and honest of, man, I'm, I'm getting my butt in shape. I'm hitting the gym, which has a myriad of positive effects, not just the obvious, which is the shallow visual. Um, but you even went as far as to say, look at this picture of me before. Oh yeah. I was just looking at it. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm not, for those who haven't seen it, listeners who are not a part of the group, it, number one, join the fraternity, get on the group. You're missing out on a lot it's like things like this, which is, I'm not joking with you. That was a different person. Yeah. And how long ago was that picture? Uh, that was February. That's not even a year. Right. No, it's insane. You oh, when was, hold on. When was this post? You should, yeah, that was post like a month, month or so ago. Yeah. Oh, no, it was more than that. I don't sound, okay. like, sound like an asshole, but you just see me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so actually with that, um, I, I'll, I'll jump back and I, I was scrolling up looking for when that post was uh, August 13th. So it's been a while. Yeah, in about a quarter, um, almost. Wow. But um, not to get too far uh, back, because I will, I will jump back. But um, I, I went from 183. I posted this before, I think, but it, it's gone further. Um, I went from 183 flabby and pale to tan 170. That was before gyms opened up. Uh, I live in South Carolina, so they mm -hmm. opened up uh, into May, I think. Um, so I went from 183 to 170 in better shape, um, got tan, then started packing. Um, I don't know if you're going to bleep names or what from the group, but nor, uh, you, you go ahead and do that, but uh, he, he'll, he'll know what I'm talking about, but, but nor and I always talked about it and, uh, what we were, you know, eating and, and figuring that out. I talked to Jack a bit on, on it as well. <clears throat> um, but started packing on lean muscle up to one. My goal was to get back to 183 without fat. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of gained fat at the same time. Then um, started trying to maintain once I got to 180, 181. So I gained 11 pounds after losing 13 in fat. And then 
um, I just kept on lifting. So I've actually lost weight, but I'm still just as big. So I'm 175 right now. Nice. And I think I've continued to lose fat after I got down to 170 because the muscles keep going. It's, it's, um, it's hard work, of course. <laughs> and, needless, and needless to say, your wife has noticed. Oh, goodness. In fact, what, what's crazy is when you look back at that old picture of me, um, there are others as well. Um, she didn't, uh, she didn't believe. So she saw a picture of a before and after from our group and the guy looked 15 to 20 years younger in the after picture. And in fact, was probably a little bit older because Mm -hmm. time had passed. Right. (laughs) And, uh, she couldn't believe it's the same person. And I was like, have you looked at my pictures from a year ago, six months ago, whatever. And, uh, I showed her a couple pictures and she literally in disbelief, she, she, she thinks I went from looking like mid thirties out of shape to looking 25. Absolutely. It wasn't just, you know, you can't get, well, pictures is a thousand words, but you can't see everything in there. But what I saw the just the demeanor overall was completely different. You look completely defeated in the picture that I saw. Yeah. It was just one of like, Hey, here I am, whatever. Versus another versus the next guy who looks like he's ready to run through a wall. Right. 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 So I don't like the after picture anymore though. <laughs> I think I look better now. I think we need an updated after picture then. So yeah, get, uh, get people motivated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if there's one criticism of the book I wrote is that some people say I put too much emphasis on the physicality. Um, I don't think so. Well, but to their credit, it's the emotional aspect, I think, is far more important. And yes, but try to be try to conquer some of your emotional demons and get over the nice guy hump and be in horrible shape. Your work's going to be 10 times harder get in great shape and then things just kind of start magically taking care of themselves. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I'll, I'll say that when you're, when you're a nice guy, you really think that you can just have the dad bod. You're, you're bought into it because Mm -hmm. you've read all the things that, that say, you know, women don't like big, super strong men. Um, they, they prefer the dad bot. They're the better dads. They're the better lovers. I guess you could put, find, I'm sure you can find some type of, you know, off mainstream article claiming that, but, um, you know, you're taught not to try, uh, that it doesn't matter. But what you learn is the moment that you go in the other direction. Um, you know, my, my wife has told, I've made a post about this, that, you know, my wife admits absolutely she was not as attracted to me before. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's tough to hear. Yeah. And the reason it's tough to hear is that um, it's been kind of hammered into us from a young age is that women are not as shallow as we are when it comes to that kind of stuff that, that we men are very visual creatures, which we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with our, you know, Playboy magazine and porn and everything. These are all visual things. And that's what gets us going. Well, we've been told that women on the other hand are far more mental, emotional, and that's why they read romance novels over porn and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a point to that, but (laughs) as you've discovered, what better way to get into a woman's mind than to show her, Hey, look at my chest. He's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, holy crap. Look at my arms. Um, When, my transformation was pretty dramatic as well. And I also went through testosterone therapy, which really changed me for the better. 
Um, and it was amazing just how silly and girly and happy women that I were seemingly very boring and blah around me suddenly became to the point where they felt um, unrestricted enough to go ahead and just touch me hmm? and, you know, grab your arm. Well, look at you, you know, pat you on the chest. And I even had one woman at work take it really too far and lifted up my shirt tail to see my butt and just said to everyone, I just wanted to see um, how his butt's looking or something like that. Or look at that <laughs> took us. And other women were like, wow, she just took things too far. And I'm just like, wow, I just can't believe that happened. And if you knew this woman or saw her, it looks like a little grandma. <laughs> it's just yeah. shocking. But that was just, wow, it's anecdotal, I know, but that was evidence that this really makes a difference. And it's it puts him in that mindset of, um, he's a different class of guy. He's, he's the kind of guy that it's okay to be overtly sexual with and go gaga over and act girly and act silly. And that puts him in the right mind frame for, voila, sex. Right. If you're in an intimate relationship with them. So it means everything in it, but it's not just a um, underhanded slimy way. If you know, you're going to go work on your bicep so that girls will like you. That's just, that's, that's what ancillary, you... ancillary to the main thing, which is just you're healthy. Number one, duh, right. go exercise. Mm -hmm. Your body says, thank you. And your confidence goes up. Um, clothes fit a little different. Everything just changes. Men are more respectful towards you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, um, Where was I going to go with that? Oh, I had something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, if, if you if you think it doesn't work, try it. A add ten pounds mm. of lean muscle and remove ten pounds of fat, yep. and 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 see if you know. Even your wife starts saying things like, "Well, and you're starting to look like X celebrity that you know you look a lot like him now." Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're learning, oh, okay, so that's actually what you like. All those times that you told me that, you know, you, yeah, you didn't have, really care about muscle, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, you did. Yeah. Yeah. At least thanks for being nice to me back then. <laughs> it didn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> yes. Um, so before we uh, wrap up, because we're coming close to the end of the hour, uh, has your wife thrown up any major obstacles, shit tests? Has she reacted negatively at all, maybe temporarily to some of your changes? Mm, no well, good. um i mean of course they're they're shit tests they basically um I, I i think there are different calibers of shit tests like they're the ones that are like are you are you for real and then there's the ones that are where they're acting the way they have for 10 years and can mm. you blame them they're, they're mm -hmm. they don't know that you're changing Mm -hmm. um, and then there are the ones that are defiant where, you know, I'm not letting you change. I'm not letting you take that, that back. I never got the third one. I got the first two all the time. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you wanted to bring this part up, um, about, let's see, March, April, May, about three months into it, uh, she, a little bit less than three months into it, um, she did kind of see me on my phone a lot and ask me who I was texting. And at this point, mm -hmm. I had changed so much, I didn't really care. Um, and, and I just thought, you know, men's group, blah, blah, blah. She asked one or two more questions and then she just let it go. And then over time, oh, is that, you know, is that guy texting you from the men's group again? Is that, you know, <laughs> whoever? Um, and then just over time, she kind of learned more what it was about. And 
uh, like I told you, uh, end of May, I think that was end of month three, she learned about No More Mr. Nice Guy, and we actually set forward a plan for our son so he can, you know, get gradually more male influence as he gets older, kind of like is suggested. Um, but she, she, you know, she's even said the words, and, you know, as you know, she's mentioned she would come up, come on one of these talks um, or one of these sessions. Um, she has said the words, why, why would you get mad at your husband or why, why would you care that in a negative way that your husband is bettering himself? Mm-hmm. That that's doing better for both of you. And why wouldn't you encourage that? Yep. Good for her. Very good. But she with old you may not have had that mentality. Right. Probably well, if I wasn't, you know, if I was doing the old me and said, Hey, you know, listen to all these suggestions. You need to start making changes. Mm-hmm. Not me, you. Yeah. Of course that's gonna be. rebutted and and you're going to get all kinds of pushback and you know shit tests from hell but if you make the changes first um she likes those changes they're positive you know what's not to like exactly exactly unless and for some women there's very much a feeling of uh, being threatened because as a woman typically it's first and foremost is safety and security within a relationship Mm. Um, she has a lot riding on you two staying together with the kid and all the resources and so forth and partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the partner suddenly starts getting better out of the blue, a lot of women, their very first thought is, uh Oh, he's out shopping again. Um, he's, he's looking to upgrade. He's looking for somebody younger and prettier than me is what a lot of women jump to. And he's going to abandon me. So you never saw anything like that. She maybe was a little hesitant at the beginning, but ultimately she was supportive. Yeah. Ultimately supportive. Um, I, I mean, I'll also say that we, you know, I haven't traveled since COVID started. So, you know, we've, we've been mostly at home throughout. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom and I work from home now because we're not traveling. Mm-hmm. So there's also that perspective. So maybe I, I haven't really tested it since March. Um, well, the, get, you know, the, being, the getting away right. aspect, the being more right. in what you've been really on top of each other this whole time. Yeah, I've, I've just been trying to be in the woods as much as possible, especially with deer season starting. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, but uh, so I, I don't know how much time we have, but there is one. Do we have a little bit? Maybe yeah, please. Minutes? Okay. Uh, one thing I, I just, I, I can't miss in all this is that it is daily work. It's absolutely daily work. And, and going back, um, you know, Jack, I've been two that I've, I've, I've worked with since the start with those two. Uh, and there, there's others. So, you know, especially if you're bleeping, <laughs> um, you know, I, I hate not mention everybody, but, um, you know, and I talked for a while, almost every day, um, working on strategies, comparing notes, figuring, mm-hmm. you know, testing this, tweaking that. And, and I think anybody um, who has seen the progress will tell you it's a daily mm-hmm. reassessment and, and motivation, you know, recharge. And, and you're constantly investing time in, okay, what do I do here? What, what happens when I do or say this? I mean, I, I had a, I had an epiphany this past weekend hmm. that, that, you know, changed a lot, I think. Um, Which is, do you want to share that? Um, yeah. So and I'm, I'm still putting the blocks together on this one. Um, 
but not not approaching initiation the way that I used to. Oh, okay, interesting. And, and being, um, you know, what do I want? Like, I don't need to spend two hours setting the mood. What what do I want right now? And and then what do I do? I want to go to sleep right after that. I do I have an early morning the next day? What do I really want? Which is, you know, a, a lot of men should probably think about how how have their wives approached. Um, approached that i mean have they walked up to duty sex and said you know what you know let's get this over with I, i've got an early day the next day i'm busy you know they're thinking about what they want you know it, just because everything's kind of changed and you are just because everything's changed and and things are better and there's a lot of intimacy between the two of you you still have selfish wants. You want to go to bed early. You don't want to spend two hours on, you know, trying to test the waters and just, you know, nice guy stuff. Yeah. Um, so approaching intimacy that way, just, I don't know how much I want to say, but. Well, there's, there's, a, there's also a hint of dominance there. What you're, what you're describing. Yeah. I know, like, what, hey, I want. Let's I know go. what I want. I'm going for it. And if you go, uh, no, it's not happening tonight. That's cool because you don't, I'm not saying you have to be ready to go at a moment's notice, 24, 7, 365. You're a human being. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Cool. Yeah. Still, still love you. Let's go watch Netflix. No biggie. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's, and everyone should have that, you know, let it roll off your back. Yeah. But, but it was just, it was a way that I had never been. And it was like, what do I want? I want, I want to go to bed soon. I actually want to lay in bed and relax for a minute before I fall asleep. I got an early morning the next morning. Hey, let's go. Let's make this quick. Let's, let's get on. And it's like shock. I've never said that before. And it's just, yeah. Uh, okay. And it just. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a woman will say, that's exactly what I needed at that moment. Right. I love it. Every now and then the quickie, the man throw me over his shoulder, whatever is just hits the spot. And it's, but sometimes it's a matter of, no, let's go on a date first. Let's wind a die and let's talk. Yeah. There are moments for both. And it's one of those, if you want to call it social intelligence or just experience, men that have a lot of experience with women tend to be better at this than others. It's um, feeling the moment and reading the tea leaves and you know seeing how the planets are aligned and what should I do here? And some guys really struggle with that at first and it becomes very awkward where they're approaching their woman. Do you think maybe tonight we could... And it's like, oh, wow, Casanova, that's really, that's right. hot. <laughs> but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, so so my, my point with all that yeah. is, is very similar, which is, you know, mind blowing that I never linked, you know, my, my own personal career theories on my marriage. But, um, you know, if you're always improving, you're always looking for epiphanies and, and, you know, you're always looking for the, the better day tomorrow as you are today. You're always improving upon yourself. I mean, over the course of eight months, a lot is possible. Yeah. Um, With and, one caveat, which a lot yeah. of guys do, um, a lot of the guys in the group are anxious in nature. Yeah. Um, a lot of serious anxiety issues and they tend to overthink and ruminate on things. And this, and this is such a giant mind F for guys, just this, this shift and Oh, wow. 
this is how attraction works. And my wife has these sexual thoughts and my nice guy ways don't quite work in that regard. That is such a huge, holy shit for a lot of guys that sends them kind of into a tailspin. And then they, next thing you know, they're on their 12th book and their fourth audio book and they book sessions with me and they're talking to guys in the group and some of them kind of implode. Like this is just too much. It shouldn't be this difficult. Shouldn't be this hard. This is, I'm always thinking about this. I'm constantly, should I move my hand this way? Should I say good morning? Should I pat her on the butt? Should I not? And they become overwhelmed with it. Mm. And and it really is a, um, just be, take one thing at a time. Be simple. The book is laid out in steps for a reason. Follow it a step at a time. What mistakes are you making? And realize you're going to make mistakes along the way and it's no big deal. That's a big one too. You're, yeah. you're not, when you, when you make a mistake one month in, you haven't just reset one month. You mm-hmm. haven't, you, you've, you've gotten so much better. And if you, if you've gotten even a bit better, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you got to remember, you're not going back to how it was. You're only going better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And this is kind of a stoic philosophy of envisioning the absolute worst case scenario in all of this. <laughs> and this goes out for all the guys. I've, I've read this book and what if it doesn't work? What if I do all these things and I'm this golden goddess, Adonis with abs and I'm confident as to hell women are hitting on me left and right. I got a job promotion. I'm super confident. And my wife just goes, eh, I don't think so. Then what? And you got to answer that. Then what did that, did that ever occur to you? Did you ever go down that road of what if in the end, this, this is as good as it gets intimacy wise. Um, I would say a couple months in things got a, a good bit better. Maybe it was more quality than quantity, it, but it was, it was also our, our relationship. Um, and, and I actually had, and this is probably different than what you're asking. I had the thought of, if this is as good as it gets, it's better than where it was. Mm, okay. Like not going back to where it was, but I'll, I'll say just because I hit the ground running when I read the book, it was, it was like a, a switch flipped. I, I definitely wasn't doing everything right, but it was a very passionate drive in that direction. I, I never really had the stall that said, okay, what if, what do I do if this doesn't work? Yeah. Well, good. Um, so. Very good. So parting words for those guys that are, I don't know if I should, let's say it's a guy who's kind of on the fence. I got the book already. The guy says, but I don't know. I don't believe this. I don't think any, anything can fix this. This is just the way marriage is. I hear that a lot. Thoughts on that? Just the way marriage is. Um, Man, a lot of thoughts on that. (laughs) What makes marriage that way? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. No, I just, I, 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 I would, I would say, forget everything you think, you know, that's, that's probably the best thing you can do. If you're in this position, if you're, if you're in the situation where you're reading the book, forget everything you thought that you mm-hmm. knew about relationships and women and just, just all of that and, and start reading. Read, read the literature and, and put your story out there. Take criticism. Understand that the criticism um, for any group, but, but in a group like this, is, is meant for your betterment even though it may be very tough to take because shit, like when, when you, when you put your story out there the first time, 
and somebody tells you, yeah, you're making, you're making all of these mistakes. You're yeah, dude. Yeah. You've been, you've been, you've been ugly to your wife, like just physically you you've looked gross to your wife. Now I, no one ever, I don't think anyone ever said that, to mm-hmm. me. but you know, you have that realization because people talking to you, you read it in the book, like, Holy shit. I haven't looked good. I've been creepy about sex and, you know, pushy. I've been a nice guy in, in underhanded ways, made all the mistakes that that kind of culture pushes us in the direction of. When you realize that you've been fucking yourself for 10 years and not in a good way, yeah. That that's hard to swallow. And yeah. the moment, the moment that you realize that you're the problem, because if if, if you weren't the problem, I mean your wife is a reflection of you. Yep. So exactly right. As misogynistic as that sounds, <laughs> a lot of truth. There's a lot of truth to that. Absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest criticisms that I get and the little comments on my Facebook ads and which is how you found me is a lot of guys just don't even read the book. Obviously they, they just see the ad and they immediately say, Oh, of course it's all the man's fault. Another one of these books to tell me that it's just all my fault to which I say probably a lot of it is, but you're right. It does take two to tango. And to that, what has your wife done to improve herself within your relationship? Well, sounds like we're just going down the misogynistic road. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's followed really well. Oh, good. She, okay. she has, she has supported. She has followed. Um, she has, she has let me lead. She's been supportive of every change um, with time, you know, some things, but you know, I am going to the gym. Great. Okay. <laughs> Just being supportive, but at the same time, she's um, approached it with an open mind and um, gives good feedback. Like when, when I'm doing something right, um, she's, she's helpful doesn't always want to talk about it um and and obviously when you're you're um, bouncing things off your wife like there there's always the opportunity you're getting too close to the talk yeah this isn't sexy talking about this um i want to i want to involve you wife and sometimes the response is you don't necessarily need to involve me in everything you can have your own thing and i can have my thing yes yes but but um you know once you've made the changes your, your wife will be the first one to make it clear that you're better now. <laughs> yep. If it's a good partnership and she's a good woman, a good partner, they'll be your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you got it going on, mister. Should be proud of yourself. I, I feel good about it, but it, like I said, there's always more work to be done. That's right. um, there's always better ways you can lead. And, you know, then you start, you start going down all these other paths, like, well, could it, could it even be better if I do better things? Mm. Um, that salary that I don't have, not, that's not a specific thing that I'm sitting here thinking about, but just maybe generalize to anyone like that salary I don't have. Maybe that's my fault mm. that, uh, that whatever I missed out on, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I'm, maybe I haven't understood how much um, things Maybe you're not directly my fault, but my fault that I didn't fix it or take care of it or make things better. Um, 
and I and you use the the term salary, the analogy there, and that's one that I often use about guys in the in the workplace. This is this whole concept is very similar to that because how many guys fold their arms and pout when they're passed up for promotion after promotion? Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as, hey, dummy, see that guy that keeps getting promotions? What the hell is he doing? Right. And that that's a big uh, theme within the book is that I sat back and said, this is working for me. And wow, it's very similar to what's working for this guy. And this other guy that I know, know who's always had luck with women, he does these things too. And there's, it's, it's that simple, sit back, watch, observe, set aside your ego, what works, what doesn't. And sometimes you just got to go, man, I've been a dummy all this time. <clears throat> and uh, that's how you get stuff done. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. All right, sir. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. Absolutely. It's been great. It feels pretty, I think like we had everything very comprehensive. Oh yes. I think we covered it all. So thanks again. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the uh, next meeting. Any, uh, any parting words for the guys out there before we hang it up? Just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, just, just don't, don't get complacent. Just keep pushing. Complacent. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Don't rest. Don't yeah. get, don't get comfortable. I wrote a do, whole, do, whole article about that. Do more than you thought you should. And, and, and as much as you did yesterday, do more tomorrow. There you go. Yeah. All right, Austin. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good one. I'll see you. Bye-bye. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, Discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team. Discounts on our video courses and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.